0: from Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown.
1: All right, y'all, bring it in. It's time for the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown and my partner in crime, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. But what about now? They all on me. They all on you, but know who else they're all on? The Eagles? The Philadelphia Eagles You want to know why? Playoffs Yes sir Yes sir An opportunity to defend the title They done messed up now They done let the wrong dudes in They should have never
0: let these dudes in the playoffs They should
1: have never gave these money (laughs) They should have never let them Oh my goodness dude we in How are you feeling about this? Okay All right. A couple weeks ago Yes
0: I asked you a question on the show.
1: Okay. You asked me a lot you, of questions
0: on the, the show. But the question I asked you, mm-hmm. maybe, let's see, this six, seven weeks ago, mm-hmm. was was it time to have a funeral, a memorial service for the Eagles season?
1: Yeah. yeah. It, and it felt like it was coming.
0: It felt like it at four and six. Mm-hmm. And then at six and seven after the loss to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was over. Yeah. So this, them making the playoffs
1: with the Vikings collapsing the way they did? Let me tell you something about the Minnesota Vikings. I'm glad you brought them up. The Minnesota Vikings, now we, we've talked, you and I have talked about many teams that we don't believe in. Mm-hmm.
0: We but, have. Yes.
1: Uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are probably the fugaziest team. I've ever seen. They are the fugaziest of the
0: fugazi. Now, I, I want to say one thing. Yes, because there was a, a interesting tweet I saw sent out earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I believe it was from a guy named Eric Rosenthal at Eric Sports. Okay. The tweet was about something, a subject that I have been on my soapbox about for years. Okay overpaying quarterbacks mm. do you know the six highest paid quarterbacks in the nfl right now do you know who they are
1: no but i i'm pretty sure that the six highest paid quarterbacks in the nfl right now uh, will be for you. I, i'm sure they will all be watching the, the, the playoffs six, with me
0: Derek carr at 25 million
1: 25 million dollars not in the playoffs
0: Number five, Matthew Stafford. Matt 27 Stafford, million.
1: 27 million, not in the playoffs.
0: Number four, Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo, not in the playoffs, not even in the regular season.
0: Number three, 28 million, Kirk Cousins.
1: Kirk Cousins watching the playoffs on television. You like that? Number, you like that? Number two, number two 30 million, 30 Matt million Ryan. Dollars, Matt Ryan watching the playoffs on television.
0: And at number one, number 33 one, and a half 33
1: million. 33 and a half million. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers not watching. Not one of those guys is in the playoffs. Not one. The six high. remember that, y'all. The six highest paid quarterbacks in the league are watching. They will be watching alongside all of us, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the playoffs this season.
0: And I don't, I don't think most people would argue that all of these guys are at bare minimum serviceable quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, none of them suck.
0: But when you make that kind of money,
1: can't pull no offense around. What kind of team I have out can't there? Can't put need. no weapons around. Exactly. The quote. The quote. The great. The quote. The great Mike Singletary can't do it. Can't, can't, win win win. <laughs> <laughs> can't win with them. Can't win with them. Exactly. And but back to my point about Minnesota because we talked about it when the Minnesota Vikings beat the Eagles earlier this season. You had made a point about them being able to build some momentum off that win. Mm-hmm. And them being them being able to shake off, you know, some of the some of the stink from the previous yeah. season. Yeah. I did not believe that. You didn't. I did not believe that and I thought that was I thought not your point was fugazi, but I, but I thought the Vikings were fugazi. Now
0: I've look, to be honest, I've never believed in Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and if we you go back, you'll we will mm-hmm. we're cons- yeah. we're both consistent yeah. on that. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. I understand but that
0: as, as a team, mm-hmm. I do believe that certain wins, certain points of the season against <laughs> specific opponents, mm-hmm. can help build a team's confidence. Like for mm-hmm. example. I think the Rams game did that for the Eagles. Okay. It built their confidence. Mm-hmm. It, when they came out there and scored the points they did mm-hmm. and played the defense they yes. did against that Rams team, okay. when you need a win to mm-hmm. keep your season alive yes. and you get it, yes. I absolutely think that helped, helped them build confidence and momentum mm-hmm. to finish out that run over the last
1: few weeks. Now, I, now I will agree with that, and I think – In certain cases, that works. Like I think for the Eagles, that was a confidence booster because they went into that game with Nick Foles. And they were into that game with their backs against the wall, with their backup quarterback fighting for their season, playing what was the best, if not one of the best teams in the NFC. So I think yes, I believe for the Eagles that was a confidence booster. What I didn't believe for Minnesota was that went over the Eagles being a confidence booster because I just felt like you know what, I I, I just didn't see it in that team.
0: Let's see. For me, at mm-hmm. that time, I thought I saw a, sh- a team in Minnesota that was struggling, mm-hmm. playing against a team that knocked them out the playoffs and mm-hmm. eventually won the Super Bowl in mm-hmm. their building, mm-hmm. which can become a mental hurdle. The team Mm -hmm. does both to you. You think you're about to go to the Super Bowl and you're building, about to play the NFC Championship Mm -hmm. game, and then you get blown out 38-7. So I thought coming back and beating the Eagles Mm could have been a confidence-building game, Mm -hmm. and I I still think it should have been a confidence-building game Mm -hmm. for that Minnesota team.
1: Okay. Now, I will say maybe it should have been. However, this is what makes Minnesota Fugazi to me. Kirk Cousins, not just Kirk Cousins, but you now—you you've beaten the Eagles now. Mm-hmm. You beat the Eagles, the team that destroyed you in the conference championship game, and completely obliterated your chances to go to the to play in a Super Bowl in your home stadium. The table was set, and it got blown off the table by the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely, you come in and you beat the Eagles. In their, in their stadium. In their house. In their house. You beat them. And now you have a chance to now knock them out the playoffs by beating the Bears in your home stadium. You have the Bears at home. You have the Bears at home. And you have an opportunity to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs. Absolutely. To me, had, you, had they seized that opportunity, I might have had to, they might have put me in a situation where I would have had to concede a point Uh, because we've also talked, we also talked this week about me being wrong and I've been wrong before and I could have been wrong about the Vikings. I was not wrong about the Vikings. I thought they were Fugazi back then. I thought they're Fugazi now because they had an opportunity to knock the Eagles out Oh, no, you were absolutely right about
0: the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I will never debate that point with you. Mm Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. Yes. And for all the statistical success he's had in his career, Mm -hmm. just go look up his record against a winning team. Yes. That'll say everything you need to know about Kirk Cousins. Can't win with him.
1: Can't do it.
0: I did think early in the year Mm -hmm. they had a chance as a team based Mm -hmm. on the entire roster. Mm Mm-hmm. To build a little confidence in getting in the playoffs. Yeah. Down the stretch, heading into the last week of the season, having seen what their their season turned into, I didn't give them any chance to beat the Bears heading into Week 17. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking Kirk Cousins would fall apart come playoffs. He didn't
1: even week get, 17, he didn't week, get to. It.
0: Then it hit me. Week 17, he wouldn't get in. That's a playoff That's a,
1: game. So he fell apart. He fell apart. He fell apart. They fell apart. Our team came together, and that's why the Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs.
0: And they're a dangerous team. I don't think they're, anybody wants to play this Eagles team in the playoffs. I think they're
1: a dangerous team. I, I will admit. Now, I, 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 I will – because you and I do another podcast together. Mm-hmm. That podcast is called Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You can listen to that oh, yeah. on SoundCloud.com slash sports. I'm down with ODD. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Look – I do think this Eagles team is dangerous. I do as well. I don't doubt that at all. However, I'm a little leery about this this Bears team. Not necessarily the offense, but their defense. I believe that this defense should be able to contain Mitchell Trubisky and I don't believe that this offense has the weapons needed to real to score or be successful against the Eagles. However, this Bears defense scares me. And it should. Khalil Mack scares me. He should. And I I fear for Nick Foles. They are a very
0: good defense. Mm -hmm. Between the Bears and the Ravens, you're looking at the two best defenses in the NFL this year. Mm -hmm. That being said, I believe Nick Foles and the Eagles cast of weapons – can score more points against the Bears mm. than I expect Mitch Trubisky and his uh, his entourage to be able to score against the Eagles. Okay. So from that perspective, a rookie quarterback with no playoff experience, I don't see him putting up more than 16, 17 points against mm. the Eagles, especially with the way their defense, specifically the front seven, okay. has been getting after it the last couple
1: weeks. Who do you see as the difference maker? On the Eagles' offense, who do you see? Do you think it's going to be Zach Ertz? Do you think it's going to be Foles throwing the ball downfield? Who do you see as the difference maker?
0: Well, see, that's the thing for the Eagles' offense. I'd have to—the only person I could actually name, single out—is Nick Foles. Mm. For this, simply because the Eagles' offense, when it's in fifth gear, when it's in fully rolling, it utilizes. Everybody, It's not an offense that force feeds one guy 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see 15 passes to Odell Beckham or Julio Jones. Not usually. Now, granted, we saw a little bit of Zach Ertz overuse during a stretch in the season. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that may have been due to Carson Wentz's injuries that may have limited his ability to use the entire field some. Mm -hmm. Because last season, Carson Wentz was using the entire field and all of his weapons. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that's something that's against his character or what he does. I just think he was limited this year. Nick Foles, however, since he's been in the game towards the end of the year, he has not been limited. He's using every weapon. Last week, and I want to say the first half, Mm -hmm. that he had completed passes to nine different receivers. Yeah. So, he's hitting everybody. If you're open, he'll hit you. Sproles, Jeffrey, Ertz, Tate, Aguilar, mm-hmm. Goddard, Perkins, whoever's out there, he'll hit
1: him. Mike Quick. Fred Barnett. Reggie Brown. Nah, not Reggie Brown. Chris T. Jones. Not Reggie Brown. Not Reggie Brown? You got no love for Reggie Brown?
0: It's not that I don't have love for Reggie. Reggie just don't have a love for catching? I... I expected more from Reggie than oh, what I got. Uh,
1: that so
0: did Reggie. So it's just a little sore spot. It's not that I hate Reggie. No. He wa- he wasn't talking uh, Reggie Brown. I Reggie wasn't, White. Yeah. He wasn't trash or stinks no, no. But
1: not not many. I just are.
0: expected more.
1: Okay. Irving Fryer.
0: Did you just bring up Irving Fryer? I forgot all about Irving Fryer. I haven't heard the name Irving Fryer, well, you know. When's the last time you heard an Irving Fryer
1: reference? It, it wasn't good news. I'll put it that way. <laughs> it, 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 was, it wasn't for anything positive. Mm-hmm. But any, anyway, let me ask you a question. All right. I, we've sat here and we've talked at length of all evening about the Chicago defense. Is there a weakness on that defense? And if it is, what do you what, what would you say it would
0: be? They are a very aggressive defense. Mm-hmm. So, there are two things I can see as possibilities. Okay. One, with play caller, Doug could neutralize some of the aggressiveness of the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Especially with Sproles back in the fold and ha- him having been playing well recently. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate the shotgun run, mm-hmm. with an ex- Overly aggressive defense, a draw or a delayed run out of the shotgun, or you combine that with the screen passing game, those are schematic ways you can scheme against the blitz or aggressive defense and use that pass rushing ability against them. Mm. The other possibility is that the Eagles offensive line plays to its full potential. Mm. If Peters and Lane Johnson both play to their full potential on the edges of that offensive line, Brandon Brooks and Kelsey do what they're capable of doing, yeah. that offensive line is capable of holding
1: up on their own. It's Lane Johnson has probably played the best clip of football that he has played in his entire career. You look at this last month who he's had to face. Had to face Aaron Donald. Absolutely. Had to face J.J. Watt. And looked and, good. And looked good. Aaron Donald, J.J. B- Watt looked average. Ave- not good. Aaron Donald in that Eagles game looked did not exist. Yeah, non- you know, you he heard J.J. Watt's name a couple times, but for the most part, he yeah. didn't.
0: He didn't just wreak havoc in that backfield. Yeah. Clowney got one or two good hits in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they were kept in check. Mm-hmm. And Nick Foles, having been in, clearly in rhythm the last few mm-hmm. weeks, he's getting that ball out. He'll stare down the hit but get the ball out in time to his receiver
1: and make the play. There's something about football, and I'm I'm not exactly sure I understand it, but I, I know it to be true. What you got? You know, people will say that quarterbacks, quarterbacks holding on to the ball too long is a product of getting blasted. I don't understand that. But I know it to be true. I've just seen it. When you when you have a quarterback who's taken a lot of hits, mm-hmm. you you would think that that would be something that would have them want to get rid of the ball quicker. And that is, they,
0: that is possible. Case I, in point, David Carr, mm-hmm. not Derek. That's play currently yeah, plays yeah, for the Raiders. It's David, yeah, yeah. formerly of the number one pick of the Texans. Texans. Yep, he took a beating early in his career. Mm-hmm. He got happy feet. He got real jittery back there in the pocket from mm-hmm. the be- beating he took. And he wasn't steady. Then you see the reverse on the same side where guys, pop for some reasons, maybe it's the O-line not getting done. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just receivers not getting mm-hmm. open. Maybe it's a combination of mm-hmm. both. But they start to hear footsteps. Mm-hmm. And when that pressure gets to them, like, You'll see Eli Manning sometimes. That mm-hmm. blitz starts coming. He's yep. not looking to make a play. You just drop his head, go down, curl mm-hmm. up in the ball. Yep. And so it's almost a matter of I want to be extra careful. I'm going to mm-hmm. overprotect the ball.
1: I think, if anything, if there was a flaw early in Nick Foles' career, that was probably it. And it was the thing, the thing about it was that was also a, a huge criticism of Mike Vick. -hmm. That he held on to the ball too long, and when we started to make the change from Vic to Foles, people were saying Foles gets rid of the ball quicker. But then Foles started taking a beating, Mm -hmm. and you started to see Foles hold on to the ball long longer. Well, he wasn't. I would ask one question. Well, hold on. He he wasn't holding the ball as long as Vic but he was holding on to the ball long enough to be a cause of concern. Now, I say all that to say what scares me about this game now is the beating that Nick Foles has taken. He took a heck of a shot from Clowney, and he's taken some – and he took a couple shots. Uh, Didn't even –
0: He's an NFL quarterback. He's still standing. Yeah. He's listed as
1: as good for the game. He's listed as good for the game, but it's still – I'm not worried about it. That's on you. I I appreciate that. I respect that. I'm I'm scared. I'm worried. I am worried.
0: If he's going out there to play, he's good to go.
1: Okay. He that, better
0: be. That's always been my mindset. He better be, you know, cuz I I'm just not the guy who wants to hear excuses after. If you're out there mm-hmm. playing, you're out there playing. Well, he's If well, you feel like you're diminished and can't get the job done, then say that now. I can't mm-hmm. play. I'm not good to go. You tell me you're good to go, I'm going to treat you like you're good to go.
1: I understand that. I understand that. And he might just be hurt, not injured. Mm, exactly. But the fact still remains is he's hurt. So you play football. Okay. You're, everybody's going to be hurt
0: playing football. I understand and that. Mm-hmm. to your earlier point, though, about falls holding on to the ball, uh-huh. who were his receivers? I don't know. Because if I don't have anybody getting over – It was
1: Riley Riley Cooper, but then again, Riley Cooper always caught the ball from white people. That's not true. Yeah,
0: he didn't didn't catch the ball from white people. He didn't?
1: No. He loved catching the
0: ball from white people. Why do you think we lost that playoff game to the Saints?
1: Same reason we lost the playoff game to the uh, Packers.
0: Nah. Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper couldn't catch the ball.
1: Nick Foles. That was was Nick Foles'
0: fault. Nick Foles (laughs) had him in his gut.
1: That was Nick Foles' fault. I blame Nick Foles <laughs> for throwing it to th- Riley Nick, Cooper. To throw- exactly. Nick Foles. Is a Riley bum. Cooper did what I'm Riley joking. Cooper does. Nick Foles is a bum. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I know, you gonna have the people after oh, you say oh, something. Oh like yeah, that. I know, I know, I I know. No Foles no, no, bashing no. allowed. Oh, I, exactly. Foles is God in the city. No They'll come for your and, head. And, and, oh yeah, and, and and at this point, you know, it's it's the whole thing about Foles, and we and we can pivot a little bit to just talking about falls on what he has a chance to do mm-hmm. it's crazy because it's just so unprecedented you know it's like he he could he is probably the most accomplished Eagles quarterback no no probably to it okay he is the most accomplished Eagles quarterback he did
0: that simply by winning a Super yeah. Bowl yes But he also has the most 400-yard games. Mm -hmm. He has the franchise record for most passing yards in a game. Mm -hmm. He has the franchise record for most touchdown passes Mm -hmm. in a game. He's tied for the league record for most touchdown passes in a game. Mm
1: -hmm. So would you say Nick Foles is the best Eagles quarterback of all time?
0: The only thing working against Foles for that argument Mm -hmm. is limited sample size. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he had that one year, Vic got hurt early, and mm-hmm. then he started twenty-seven and two years. He did that as well. Mm-hmm. High, best touchdown to interception ratio mm-hmm. in team history. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, I'm, I'm, I want you. And I'm, then I'm, I'm, this is what I'm, he I'm, got
0: moved to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Bad year. Then he comes back to the Eagles and looks great again. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, but he came back as a backup, so he's not a full-time starter. Mm-hmm.
1: Can it? Can the can the Eagles have? Can he be the greatest quarterback in this team's history and never be this franchise's quarterback? Great, Greatest? No. Most who, accomplished? Absolutely. Who is the greatest quarterback in Eagles history? As of right now? As of right now. Big dad. Exactly. And what's crazy what, What's crazy about it is that bothers way too many people. I don't like the fact that it bothers people. Like, like there, there are people. There are Eagles fans, people who will tell you they are diehard Eagles fans. You know the whole "I bleed green" and and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Who will literally get offended if you say Nick Foles isn't as good as Donovan
0: McNabb? All right, so I guess as we're talking about number five, let's talk yeah. about number five. Yeah, number five. A lot of physical ability. Mm -hmm. Donovan McNabb was a pretty smart quarterback. Mm -hmm. Pretty good at making his reads. Mm -hmm. He did not throw a great football. Okay, it wobbled a lot, Mm -hmm. which makes it harder to catch. Okay he often threw to where receivers were rather than throwing them open, mm-hmm. which means he needs great, good-to-great receivers out there with him that are capable of getting the separation on their own mm-hmm. rather than a guy who's able but mm-hmm. by ball placement to mm-hmm. create separation for his receiver. Mm-hmm. And then McNabb would throw one out of five passes in the dirt because he tried to overthrow overpower his way through the throw. Mm-hmm. Combine those three things, to me, limit how great I'm able to see McNabb. And I'm mm-hmm. not even getting to what most people complain. It, most people's complaint is about him coming up short in big games. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. most people's complaint. I didn't even get to that. I just went to things in his actual game and mm-hmm. his skill set. And I see flaws. So, and honestly, these are flaws I don't see in Nick Foles' game. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles has his own flaws
1: mm-hmm. but What are Nick Foles' flaws?
0: Limited mobility his footwork isn't the greatest mm-hmm. which is often why you see them playing out of shotgun as much as they do mm-hmm. his arm is strong enough but it's not the strongest mm-hmm. McNabb clearly had a stronger arm mm-hmm. and and <coughs> Excuse, excuse me, this up and down weather has me a, a oh, little. I understand, I understand, it's cool. But I'm going to play injured. mm mm-hmm. That's so, what
1: we respect about you, man.
0: <laughs> so anyway, and finally, flaw in Foles' game is that he is at times inconsistent, mm-hmm. where if he's not in his rhythm, he's completely out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's rare I expect to see just an average game from Foles. Mm-hmm. Great game or not so good game. Mm-hmm. In the middle is not Foles' strong suit. So he has flaws in his game as well. Mm-hmm. If you ask me this question in 10 years, I expect my answer will be Carson wins. Yes. Not Foles or McNabb.
1: Okay. No, th- now that I understand. And once again, I guess that to me, I feel like. Was McNabb's game flawed? Yeah, you know he wasn't perfect. He mm-hmm. was, You know, not even close. But he still got the he still got the job done. Did he? No. What what do we well, call we, getting the
0: job done? Well, because what do we say about Phil, Phillip Rivers? And other than one mm-hmm. Super Bowl appearance, he mm-hmm. hasn't done anything different than Phillip Rivers.
1: Oh, uh, he's done. A lot, I think no, I I, I disagree with Phillip that.
0: Phillip Rivers has been to AFC Championship games.
1: No, Philip Rivers no, has no, gone thirteen. How, how, how many? How many? In the AFC Championship games. One. 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 But he's been there. He's been, he's been to one. Mm-hmm. That's not Don, Donovan McNabb's been to no more. So been, that's not the same thing. I'm,
0: but st- more yards thrown, more touchdowns thrown, more no, completion I understand. percentage. I, I
1: understand. But let me. One last thing. And I would look, say,
0: okay, mm-hmm. say Philip Rivers did all of that with a roster that was significantly inferior to the roster McNeil played most of his career uh, with. I don't, specifically I, I on the defensive side of okay
1: defense def, defense okay but I think Phillip Rivers had way more offensive weapons and than his than teams rarely
0: have problems scoring points it's his defenses that have problems stopping
1: uh, I don't know I will t- I'll I'll put it to you like this and we'll we'll, we'll talk about that all right we we'll, we'll let's let's take a quick break and we'll get back into this when we come back on best in the world sports report You're listening to the best in the world sports report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly
0: Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. My suit can still make an impression.
2: And my lamp can bring others a bright future.
0: Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. Brought to you
2: by Goodwill and the Ad Council.
1: Best in the World Sports and Joe Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on Best in the World Sports Report talking about Eagles quarterbacks, talking about namely Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb, and a little bit of Phillip Rivers. I will say this about Phillip Rivers because honestly, to me, Phillip, one, I've said it before, Phillip Rivers is probably the one of the greatest fantasy football quarterbacks of all time. Absolutely. I think growing up in this city, knowing this fan base, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who might say Phillip Rivers is be- a better quarterback than Donovan McNatt. I absolutely think there would be people that say that. And I would say this if Phillip Rivers did in this city, excuse me, if Philip Rivers did in this city what he did in San Diego, he would be absolutely roasted. This city would never stand for Philip Rivers. P- people say that, and they look because they they look at Philip Rivers from the other side of the country, mm-hmm. not as closely
0: as you're not watching every game. Yeah, you're not watching every you're not game. Not emotionally yes. attached to outcomes. Exactly. You if really Phillip, just sit back and look at the stats with Philip Rivers. Yes,
1: if if the if the Philadelphia Eagles had the playoff record and playoff had the playoff track record that the San Diego Chargers had under Philip Rivers, they'd be ready to burn Philip Rivers at the stake. Okay.
0: Let me ask you this way. Mm-hmm. If
1: Philip Rivers
0: had eight to ten years with Brian Dawkins, Jim Johnson, Ch- Jeremiah Trotter, Trent Cole, those guys all mixed in, mm-hmm. how do you think he would have done?
1: I don't know. You, I, I don't. Okay. I, I, okay I, I, I don't. More, I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think they would have gone farther or been more consistent in the playoffs? Not necessarily won a Super Bowl, but would you have expect them to have more playoff success with the Eagles' defense behind them?
1: Because I I, I don't know because I'm sick because it's like in in that same aspect you give don you know you give Donovan McNabb a running back like Ladainian Tomlinson. A tight end like, uh, Antonio, like Gates. Uh, Antonio Gates, and what and what is he doing? I agree, but
0: again, mm-hmm. the Chargers' issue has never been scoring points. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Eagles and those McNabb teams, mm-hmm. and I've heard the, some players from that team admit to this before, mm-hmm. their target was seventeen points. Which is with the, e- the e- mm-hmm. which is not a lot of offense at all. Mm-hmm. There was not a heavy burden on McNabb to score points mm-hmm. with that Jim Johnson defense. Mm-hmm. They believed if they scored seventeen or more, they would win, mm-hmm. and that was usually the case mm-hmm. because of the Jim Johnson defense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That
0: offense did not
1: often carry them to wins. Now, would you and you would put that and you would put that on Don McNabb because he's the quarterback? Not entirely, mm-hmm. because
0: the. There was Andy Reid's flaws in- encompassed in that. Mm-hmm. There were some personnel flaws con- mm-hmm. en- encompassed in that. I'm simply saying that McNabb and Rivers' mm-hmm. simulation s- situations were not as dissimilar as you might think.
1: Okay, I tend I I tend to think this fan base would absolutely reject Philip Rivers. If he had the same, if he had the same track record, and now I understand the the uh, the realities of his situation, mm-hmm. because but I think I think that also speaks to the rap that Donovan McNabb gets in this city. Case in point, we have argued many a times over Nick Foles, in particular the his playoff loss to. The Saints. The Saints. Mm-hmm. And what do you always point out to me when we when we talk about that? He
0: left the field with the lead and his last throw should have been a completion except the receiver dropped it. Okay. Hit him guy in the stomach for a first down. He's mm-hmm. he should still be yeah. running now with the fourth
1: ball. Qu- fourth quarter lead. Fourth quarter lead, so that's that loss should not fall on Nick Foles. No, it should not. Okay. I always compare that to that last McNabb conference championship game okay. against Arizona. How did he leave the field? That's that one. No, no, I understand. How to leave the field against Tampa? No, but what we're we're talking about the Arizona game, and what I'm saying is, but but no, no, let me finish my point. Okay, let me finish my point because yes, you can you can look at other games, but the fact of the matter is, what I'm saying is, they put that air, people put that Arizona loss on McNabb because he's the quarterback, and they had and it, and they will easily disregard the fact that he walked off the field with a fourth quarter lead, whereas. People want to give Nick Foles credit for having a fourth quarter lead in against the Saints, and I don't think and I don't
0: think it's that cut and dry because if it were only that one game against Arizona, mm-hmm. I think er, I okay. think McNabb would get the same benefit. But when you couple that, because that's the thing, we're looking at guys' careers, mm-hmm. so we can't take any mm-hmm. one game in isolation. Mm-hmm. You couple that game with. The Tampa Bay game, where okay. the pick six to Ronde Barber, mm-hmm. with the Super Bowl where he's throwing up on the field, mm-hmm. things like th- things of that nature.
1: L- l- let me okay, uh, you, no, I, you, I understand. You
0: take the full picture but, of it,
1: but but, but rather but, but, than just but the one game, but I don't think you we have to put something on it. But I don't think you are taking the full picture. Everyone talks about the drive where he threw up in the game. How did that drive end? It Was a score exactly? That's the point that people leave out. People talk about the Tampa Bay game, but why did they lose the Carolina game? Because they mm-hmm. couldn't run the ball because they didn't have brian because they didn't have brian Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now look, now all, all I'm saying is that you talked about looking at the full picture, uh-huh. and I understand. And because Donovan McNabb has a a fuller body of work, there are more reasons and more examples to criticize him. You know, you can look. You know, for all the things that you can say about Nick Foles, and he has gotten, he's gotten the job done. He
2: has, that's, you know, a he's
1: gotten the job done. That's not, you know, that's not a hard point to concede. But the fact still remains is he's played very, <laughs> fe- he's played very few, very, very few full seasons okay. in his career. How many seventeen? How many sixteen game I, seasons has he played?
0: I have one question for you. Okay. And here's my question, mm-hmm. I, and I want you to th- take your time before you answer this. Okay. Name one playoff game that Donovan McNabb had that you think he had a standout performance. Not where he was adequate or played well enough to win. One playoff game where you say he went out there and played lights out. He had a standout performance where you could say McNabb stepped up in the playoffs. Name one.
1: Well, what, well I will say, this, as I'm thinking, yeah, I when said, you, take your time. Take no, okay, time. Right, okay, Well, I, I will. I, I will take my time. But <laughs> but there's also one, one thing when you when you look at the eagle, a lot of the Eagles' successes. Mm-hmm. One didn't play a lot of wild card games. Nope, had a lot of so buys. so they had a lot. They won, they won a had, lot of divisions. They won a lot of divisions. Had a lot of buys. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it was one and one. So what stands out maybe. Uh, I guess the game where the, where I think he kind of arrived was the game against Chicago in Chicago Soldier Field. Okay. Against Brian Urlacher and the Bears. Brian Urlacher in the Hall of Fame. Let's see. Would you really say he played a great game there though?
0: Would you say he didn't? I didn't I'm not saying he played a bad game.
3: Okay. I'm asking like
0: mm-hmm. where he really played a standout game. Like for example, Nick Foles last year versus Minnesota. Okay. That's a breakout game. Nick mm-hmm. Foles even in the Super Bowl versus Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's a standout game mm-hmm. where you see this guy, he raised his level of play for the moment. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm asking, name one of those for McNabb. I struggle to think of one in the playoffs.
1: But that's also because I was like 10, some 10, 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> I, I, I struggled to think of it then. I This is not a new argument for me and mm-hmm. McNabb. I was... And I, I don't want to say it as though I think he's bags. I do think no, he was. Well, you can't say. Well, when
1: I, well here's the thing. I start, there's a, there's you heard me he start off saying no, he's the
0: greatest quarterback of franchise greatest, He is
1: the greatest quarterback of franchise history. Because despite all his flaws, that's still 33,000 33, yards. Mm-hmm. That's still over 200-something touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, that's what balls in the He was, a, qual- the ter- he was a quality quarterback. He, that's better than quality. 33,000 33, yards is better than quality. That's not, that's not just quality.
0: Thirty-three thousand in the, today's NFL, even the NFL he played in, it's good, it's solid. Uh, but, I, I but I think you're, I think you're selling came, him short. I th- McNabb came into the era where you're seeing guys throw fifty thousand yards over their career. Mm-hmm. Eli but Manning then, wasn't only a couple but years then, after but, him, but,
1: but this is not. But here's, but here's the thing: we're not talking about is Donovan McNabb a Hall of Famer?
0: we're talking about is he a great quarterback is
1: he is he the greatest in this franchise's history in
0: this franchise yes, yes. okay but that's the only I, franchise we're talking about here's the question mm-hmm. to put it put some sort of context on it mm-hmm. compared to some other franchises mm-hmm. overall exactly how great has the eagles quarter level of quarterback play been to begin with we're talking about the greatest it's Okay, there are a lot of franchises that not have a lot, a lot better lot history better quarter- at the quarterbacks. Yes, yes. so to say just, the greatest quarterback mm-hmm. in the Eagles' history, but, the, isn't
1: but that, a, but that is what we're, but that is what we're talking about. We're talking about the Eagles. I understand all of that. We're not talking about the Eagles' quarterbacks compared to Giants' quarterbacks, or the Eagles' quarterbacks compared to Patriots' quarterbacks, or the Eagles' quarterbacks compared to 49ers quarterbacks. We're talking about the Eagles' quarterbacks. Is he the greatest? And yes, he, yes, he's the greatest, and, I, 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 and, he, and he is. I the understand- Greatest among Eagles quarterback, and what I'm saying is, I am, I am saying that with full understanding of the context in which
0: I am saying this, and, and, I, and I just like to make sure we're providing yeah. that context. No, because I, I, okay. and I agree with you. He is the greatest in Eagles history. We start mm-hmm. off there. We're not arguing that. But when you use the expression "greatest in Eagles history," mm-hmm. it it comes with the implication that you're actually saying McNabb was a great quarterback. I'm not saying that's what you're actually saying, mm-hmm. but for the sake of context that's mm-hmm. why we're having this discussion because I, I don't, it, it I don't know if I necessarily not like with
1: I don't know if I necessarily agree with that you, but I see what you're saying. I don't know if I necessarily agree that you're saying. I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. what you're saying mm-hmm.
0: but I'm just saying to, it, that's what it can come off like, what no, it can well, sound like I which think is so, why we have to go through the discussion and provide but, context, provide but, clarity
1: reg- rega- regardless of that that I mean that is the fun but I think with, with that being said there's that context Mm -hmm. that context aside you know we're still talking about this organization and it's like at this point nick Foles is accomplished like you can't deny his accomplishments i'm not this isn't this isn't a conversation about denying his accomplishments not at all and for me personally what it all comes down to is if you truly bleed eagle green like people say they do then it's not a choice I can like Nick Foles as much as I like Carson Wentz, as much as I like Donovan McNabb, as much as I like Randall Cunningham, as much as I like Jaws. And it's like there are too many people who feel like you have to choose, like you're talking about somebody from another team. This isn't who is your favorite quarterback in the NFC East.
0: Well, see, that's where we are. I, I... I slightly have to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree from the standpoint we should be supporters of all of these guys because they all wore Eagles jerseys. But, but hold on, before but, you
1: make before you make your point, let me just slide one one thing in there. Okay. And then, I'll, then I'll give you the floor because it's not like to me. It's like even even if you support, like you have your your tiers or like how you rank it or however you see it. Like for me, my favorite Eagle quarterback is Randall Cunningham. Hmm. I know he's not the greatest quarterback in this Eagles' history. I know he's not statistically the greatest quarterback. He is my favorite. You know, I I like him the most. There are people who might say the same thing about Jaws. You know, there might you know there are people who, who might go back even before jo- You know, before then. But it's like to me, it's like that. That's just it. Where it's like, okay, of course you might like Nick Folt. You know, spe- you're gonna like who you see play. You know you're gonna like the guy you saw. I grew up on Randall. Mm-hmm. I was an adult. I became an adult with, with five, and now I'm here with Carson and Nick. And to me, it's like you know what? I fully expect at some point in time, I fully expect that when Carson Wentz is not playing football anymore, his number will go up on the Raptors and the Raptors, and he will walk away from this game being the best, the greatest quarterback in Eagles history fully expect that have no problem saying that. You know, but to me, it's not a choice and I don't feel like you're besmirching or disrespecting the name of Carson or Nick Foles by saying that. You know what? They're not they're not Donovan McNabb yet.
0: Okay. Now, I get that. Mm-hmm. There's a flaw in your logic. Okay. The flaw is simply this. The question that we started off with is who's the greatest? Mm-hmm. So, we want to say support them all, they're all Eagles quarterbacks, great. We're still asking which one of them is the best. Mm-hmm. So I can't take the position of I like them all. Okay,
1: no. O- o- what I'm saying is fine. What-, what-, what I'm saying is I said who's the greatest. Mm-hmm. To me, if you ask me, you say, John, who's the greatest quarterback in Eagles history, I'm going to say Donovan McNabb.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: there are too many people who get offended by that answer. And that's what I disagree with. It's, like, but like, answer is
0: a matter of opinion, though. No,
1: I understand that. But what I'm saying is, it's like saying Donovan McNabb is a saying Nick Foles is not as isn't as good as Donovan McNabb or isn't hasn't reached the level of a Donovan McNabb isn't a slight on Nick Foles. It's Donovan McNabb
0: did it longer. He did do it, lo- and longevity is a factor. One yes. of the reasons why I say yes. he's the greatest.
1: Yes, yes. When you're talking greatest, not most accomplished,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's a difference. And
0: I include longevity. Yes, like, Donovan
1: McNabb did it longer. And the fact that you're talking, you know, when you're talking about greatest, I'm looking at thirty-three thousand, you know, thirty-three thousand plus yards. And I say that because I'm, I'm rounding up because I don't know the exact that, number. And I hear that number. I gotta be honest. Thirty-three thousand
0: doesn't impress me that much. Okay. We're looking at guys these days that are in the sixties in their careers. I understand that. Seventies in their career. How
1: many career yards has does Nick Foles have?
0: Oh how many does Nick Foles have? Oh
1: yeah, Nick Foles.
0: Full seasons?
1: Or and over his career. Over his career with the Eagles. That thirty three thousand is his Eagles, is Donovan McNabb's Eagles total. Mm-hmm. How many career passing yards does Nick Foles have? With
0: the Eagles, nowhere near as much. He hasn't even played one full season. I understand. That's,
1: but that's what but, I'm saying. But, but and,
0: mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's where I'm that's where I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I agree. Again, mm-hmm. McNabb is the best quarterback in Eagles history. Okay. And I thing. I have issue when we start using the word great or greatest, simply because. My personal belief was, I was, in a, I liked McNabb. I thought he was mm-hmm. a good quarterback. Great was never a word I attached to him. Mm-hmm. So, while I agree, and I like I said, I agree with you. If we're using the asking the question, who's the greatest in Eagles history? Eagles, strictly Eagles. Th- the answer is clearly him. Mm-hmm. But I like, I have to qualify that with the position. I don't think he was a great quarterback.
1: Well, here. And this is this is my answer to you. And I understand why you feel like the like like you need to preface your answer with that. But to me I I feel like we it is possible to have a conversation about the greatest in this organization and not the greatest in NFL history. Like if we're talking about like the conversation I'm having and the defense that I'm having about Donovan McNabb is not the same argument i would have if you're asking me who is who are oh, the great of greatest. course not yeah, exactly so so to me it's things like you're saying okay you know yes i'm saying great but great comes with a you know uh, a, a, <laughs> see, almost like an asterisk or whatever when compared to great compared to other organizations and within the whole league that i understand and, and I but think, we're still talking about the philadelphia eagles and here. i
0: think you and i are on the same page mm-hmm. we're not this is not one of those instances where you and I are disagreeing. Okay, this is simply a matter of me wanting to p- provide a little more clarity and context mm-hmm. for the listeners, yep. so that they, we're we're in the hot take era. People, that is true. People will take mm-hmm. one sentence and run with it. Mm-hmm. So anytime I love, I when possible, mm-hmm. I just love to provide necessary context. Mm-hmm. So even if you want to take the sound bite and run with it, mm-hmm. I could go back and say, "No, listen to what listen to the mm-hmm. full conversation. Mm-hmm. There's context there." Mm-hmm. Be, just because of the time we're in now, where people will take a sound bite and yeah. yes. do anything with
1: it. Yes. You Hey, look, man, I I offer these hot takes all the time. That's what <laughs> I do. I'm like McDonald's, man. I'm offering hot takes and sausage. That's what I do, man. Hey, look, we got we still have a game to play. There's a lot of Eagles to talk about, but there's still a game to play. So let's take another break, and when we come back, I will come back with our guest, Layla Rahimi from NBC Sports Chicago. She's going to talk Bears. She's going to talk the difference between the Bears now and the Bears when we last had her on the show. Because when we last talked to her when the Eagles were going to play the Bears, she wasn't very optimistic over what was going to happen. So we'll see what has changed when we come back on best in the world sports report and let us know what you think of this conversation. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at B I T W sports. You're listening to the best in the world sports report. Listen to this show in
0: its entirety. Every Saturday at 8am on the Philly go flow at phillygoflow.com.
3: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at Lunch.org.
2: This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
1: From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are
0: listening to the Best in the World Sports Report.
1: And we're back on the Best in the World Sports Report, getting ready to talk Playoff football. About a month and a half ago, I didn't think this was happening. Month and a half, and I sometimes I do think ahead to what we're going to talk about. I thought at this point in time, first weekend in uh, in January, I was pretty sure we were going to be talking basketball and nothing but basketball on this show. But we have a playoff game this weekend. The Eagles are taking on the Bears, so we need to get some insight. So when I go to get insight. I dig into my personal Rolodex of close personal friends, and I dug out one of my best friends in the whole wide world. She will tell you that herself. Ladies and gentlemen, on the air with me, all the way from NBC Sports, Chicago, Layla Rahimi. Layla was good.
3: John, it is good to talk to you, and you are a good friend, and we send each other money gifts constantly. Yes. It's good to hear your voice always.
1: It's always good to hear your voice because you are the undisputed queen of the money gift. That is you. That is your title. I try.
3: No, no. It started with the Rick Ross money gift where he throws money in the office Mm -hmm. in a UGK sweatshirt, and then I was obsessed.
1: Exactly. And... And for me, you know, I I just jumped right on. There was the the little kid who's uh, talking on has the pile of money and he's talking into it like it's a phone. And from there on, whenever anybody in sports gets paid, you will see me and Layla going back and forth on Twitter, exchanging money gifts. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we do.
3: I mean, you know, that's what you should do when somebody gets paid. It really started with the NBA max contract Christmas free agency that they had a while back. Yes. Once that happened, everything kind of broke loose.
1: Exactly. Everybody was getting paid. They were just breaking out money. People were just getting paid left and right. Everyone except for us. You and I didn't get paid. But
3: No, no. The broadcast industry lost money because they decided to give the NBA such a ridiculous deal. But hey. These things happen.
1: These things do happen. But we are talking football this week. Now, this is not your first time on the show. I had you on a little over a year ago when the Eagles were playing the Bears in the regular season. Now, to your credit, to your credit, you told me to cherish this season and to enjoy this Eagles season. And lo and behold, the Eagles went on and won a Super Bowl.
3: See? See what I told you?
1: Yes. Yes. You were on the money on that one. But the thing was, you weren't so optimistic about your Bears at the time.
3: Well, can you blame me? No. It It wasn't a good season.
1: it, It wasn't a good season. You weren't very optimistic. You pretty much guaranteed that the Eagles would destroy the Bears. And I pretty much, I believe they did. But fast forward a year. Fast forward a year from now, from then I should say, and now the Bears are a three seed in the NFC, and they're turning heads. What exactly happened?
3: I'll tell you what happened: Matt Nagy and Khalil Mack happened, and then everything else kind of fell into place.
1: now so let's talk about let's talk about Khalil Mack because, I mean, he's he's the hot name. We'll start on the defense because we know that Chicago team is led by defense and. Khalil Mack is always the name that, that turns heads, but this was a pretty good defense and a pretty solid core before them. Now who else on that defense should we, uh, who else on that defense is really turning heads?
3: Oh, Akeem Hicks has had a great season. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Akeem Hicks really, really benefited from the addition of Khalil Mack because suddenly he was getting to the quarterback even more than what we had seen in the past. Uh, Leonard Floyd was the name that everybody was keying in on before Khalil Mack joined that team because they wanted to see more out of him. You know, obviously, he's a young player out of Georgia. So everybody wanted to see him get more sacks. But Vic Fangio, who doesn't have confidence in what he can do with a defensive scheme? What he did with that Rams game was brilliant. Holding that offense to such few points, that was just amazing. And Fangio, obviously, is a bit of a distraction right now because teams want to interview him for head coaching positions as well. They should. But to me, when you combine that overall talent, just in every position with Vic Fangio and then you add in Coyle Mack and what Akeem Hicks has done, that's where this really becomes special. And let's not forget about the play of Eddie Jackson. He was a steal out of Alabama. He had had injury issues. And he's been arguably... One of Ryan Pace's best draft picks his career.
1: Now you talk. You talk about this defense and the coaching and the staff and the addition of Khalil Mack. How surprised were you when that when that draft? Excuse me. I shouldn't say the draft. When that trade happened, when the news came over that you guys had traded for Khalil Mack. How surprised were you?
3: I mean, it was shocking. First of all, the fact that the Raiders were even offering this idea was amazing. John Gruden comes in, and he wants to do things a certain way, and the rest of the NFL took advantage of that, didn't they? Cowboys are better with Amari Cooper, even though I think they overpaid. And now the Bears had a game-changing pick in Khalil Mack. And the interesting thing is, I don't care how bad you are, how bad those projected draft picks were going to be with first-rounders at that, but the Bears historically hadn't been the best at first-round draft picks. And... Additionally, it's Khalil Mack. That's a game changer. So, okay, if you're not the best with your first-round picks, let's let's not forget Mitch Trubisky, they traded ahead to get Mitch Trubisky traded up with the 49ers. And Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were still available. So you see what they did there. They also spent a first-round draft pick on Kevin White. They spent one on Leonard Floyd. So I wasn't really confident in Ryan Pace's first round draft picking. And then he picked Eddie Jackson in the later round, and that's obviously very impressive. But So take that into consideration. And then also the fact that you can get Khalil Mack, who ar- arguably makes your team that much better with that defense, and Vic Fangio, and you're going to be a better team, so the draft picks won't be as good. It was a no-brainer to me that you'd you try to get him. And then they did, and I think it was a – Career-insuring move for Ryan Pace, I think the play of Trubisky combined with Matt Nagy has really helped with that because we did not see this out of Trubisky under John Fox. So those three things have really insured him in Chicago, but nobody, nobody was prepared for the difference that he was going to make when they played that first game against the Packers. It was a game-changer, to say the very least
1: talking with Layla Rahimi of NBC Sports Chicago now you talked about the draft the draft picks that they gave up to get Khalil Mack and you talked about your GM's ability to draft but I guess when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky there were con- there were like two main reactions I think when they drafted him there were people who were like who and then when they traded up to get him, there were people who were like, huh? When they drafted him so high. But now,
2: oh,
1: yeah. na- now fast forward a couple seasons. Now, now that he's had two regular seasons under his belt, he is now starting to make people a believer. Has he made you a believer personally?
3: I think the problem is when you consider where he was drafted. The fact that the Bears traded up to number two to get him, and that Deshaun Watson, who was a proven talent, and Patrick Mahomes, who I would argue, from seeing him in high school, was a proven talent, it's hard to say that they nailed it, but he got the right guy to work with him in that Nagy. At that point, Trubisky has had only 13 starts to his name, and one of them was shortened by rain. So now you're looking at 12. I don't know. I still don't know the logic behind picking him over picking the proven talents of the other two. But it's working out. And it's largely working out because they have such an amazing defense. The learning curve is now easier for Mitch Trubisky because of that.
1: So we're talking talking Chicago Eagles. Chicago and the Eagles with Layla Rahimi from NBC Sports Chicago. Quick question. Um, now they've also surrounded Trubisky with some weapons on offense. Namely the running backs, uh, Howard and Cohen. And they also got our guy, beloved in Philly, Mr. Philly Philly, Mr. Philly special. There are a lot of people who are getting really tired of that at this point. But, you know, we got you know, it's 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 a legend now. But you got Trey Burton. How right? How good is this offense? I mean, we know that the defense is the straw that stirs the drink, but this offense is pretty good as well, right?
3: Yeah, we've seen the real the real cool thing about this team, or this offense is Matt Nagy is always going to throw a trick play at you and you don't know where or when. So we've seen that before. In fact, the play that they just ran last week where Prince and Mukamara ran multiple motions um, is an old Andy Reid play that they never actually ran. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to see that, you know, and Nick Kwiatkowski ended up catching it. That was the two point conversion and Kwiatkowski is a linebacker. So, you know, you're going to get a trick play. You know, you're going to get a Philly special type of situation. And Maggie has even said, by the way, you know, that everybody's going to get to find it familiar in Philly as if they don't find his Lancaster accent mm-hmm. familiar enough, which is hilarious to me because hearing him talk about beating the Eagles was a bit of a mind twist for me, but Uh, You know, you're going to see the trick plays. I think I always like it when they run the ball more. Mm -hmm. But Mitch Trubisky is also a guy who distributes the ball equally. The Bears have a lot of receivers. They have a lot of receivers per game catch. Trubisky makes plays happen with his legs. He arguably is one of the... Like higher rushing yard totalers on the team. I don't know if that's the word. So at one point, it's, it's, a, it's a word for now. We'll go for that.
1: Totalers. there
3: are a couple of games totals. where he had more rushing yards than each running back. Yeah. So I like a game where I see Tariq Cohen run the ball more. I like a game where I see more of Jordan Howard. I like offenses that are tricky, still having more runs than you'd think. So that's just me. But we're seeing the Bears run the ball more a little bit, especially over the last month of the season and it's working out well for
1: them. It is working out. But well. it's
3: very much shades of Doug Peterson. There's no doubt about mm-hmm.
1: that. It was funny I saw an interview with Matt Nagy this week and he was talking about watching the Super Bowl last year and he said he was in some bar and he, he was in a bar and he had to tell them to turn turn the game on. And he talked he talked about that and he also said when he when they ran the Philly special he was just like you know, he, he wasn't shocked at all. He was like, just knowing Doug, that he just knew. Like, it it may have shocked a lot of people, it may have surprised a lot of people, but it didn't surprise him. But And I think it's kind of remarkable talking about just the relationship that those two have in their history and the friendship that they have. How much do you think that plays into uh, this weekend's game?
3: Well, Nagy was on the record saying this week that Sunday night, He and Doug Peterson were texting back and forth. So there you go. They are close. Mm -hmm. And he was so complimentary of Nick Foles. So complimentary. He said he was one of the best people you'll ever meet. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: So he has high praise for Foles. He has high praise for Peterson. Nobody's going to question that. And what's funny is I remember Nick Foles because when I was in the Austin market, Mm -hmm. Nick Foles had just gotten to Arizona so we knew a thing or two about Nick Foles. We knew he had some talent. But Nagy, Nagy said that there is a familiarity there. Peterson's going to know what he, he does, and of course Schwartz is going to be familiar as well, but it's going to come down to personnel. And that's ultimately the name of the game, no matter what you do, right? Back in the 90s, you could run the lead draw every down, and if you had the best offensive line, the best running back, guess what? didn't matter if they knew it was
1: coming. It's just who could block and who could make the play. I hear you. So we're talking with Layla Rahimi of NBC Sports Chicago. Now, we've talked about Chicago as a team on offense and defense and how they'll and what weapons they have on both sides of the ball. Who, and you're talking to players and listening to them this week, who on the Eagles staff on the Eagles team, I should say, are they most worried about? Who are they preparing for? I mean,
3: They they definitely know. The wide receivers are definitely king and on the secondary. That's something that was brought up quite a bit. But there is mad respect for the Eagles' offensive line. Akeem Hicks had a lot of respect for that offensive line. They talk about it a lot as a defensive unit. You could tell that that's something that they know the trench battle is going to be major this week. So there's a lot of respect given to that Eagles' offensive line. And why not? They certainly deserve it. So that's something I think everybody's keying in on. And then, you know, also Nelson Aguilar made some noise recently. We saw that, didn't we? So this is a hot, silly team. They're not taking anybody lightly, that's for sure.
1: All right. So, and what about de- and what about defense? Who, are they, who have they been talking about uh, defensively on the Eagles that they are keying in, keying in on?
3: I believe it was Taylor Gabriel. Or Alan Robinson, one of the two today, said their front seven is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you put it better than that, right? I mean, yeah. that's pretty amazing. So they, they respect, again, it's, it's, it's I think this is very much a trench battle, you know? And obviously the former Bear Alshon Jeffrey, I forgot to mention him. Mm-hmm. He's somebody the Bears know completely well, obviously. So, so, for them, they know what Alshon brings to the table, and they know exactly what he's been doing in Philly. That's, so, a, that's a former teammate that they've kept an eye on, for sure. I hear you. And then, you know, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans who are obviously very interested in seeing what Golden Tate was going to do with the Eagles. <laughs> but, yeah, the front seven is definitely... You know, the wide receivers mentioned the secondary, gave her respects to them. But, yeah, they, they said that front is crazy. So I think that's a pretty good description if I've ever heard one.
1: That is a pretty good description. I, I like that. In, that's, that's deep analysis right there. That's, that's, <laughs> or not,
3: that, but it sounds good, right? It does
1: sound good. It does sound good. Now, Al- Alshon Jeffries made a little bit of news this week, and I'm not quite sure if you would call it a dig but he just kind of commented on his time in Chicago and he talked about how much he loves the city of Philadelphia and Chicago was just a place where he worked. Are yeah. fans, how do fans take that? Were they offended or was it much ado about nothing?
3: I mean, we posted it on our NBC sports, Chicago Instagram, mm-hmm. but you know, Alshon Jeffrey didn't have the best situation here either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Put him in the Matt Nagy offense here, and I think we have a different discussion, right? I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. So, so, pr- so
1: pretty much, people don't blame him if you know if they thought he was if they thought he was bitter.
3: Listen, there are no fans like Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. Bears fans are super happy. They're thrilled that they've gotten this far. Of course, they wanted to win the game, but I don't think anybody's like super mad at Alshon. So, there were three hundred ninety-four comments. <laughs> Something I mean. There's definitely some people who are, I mean, Eagles. Some some Bears fans say he was injury prone, but some Bears fans saying he was overrated. Mm -hmm. But again, I I look back at the fact that Alshon Jeffrey didn't play that often. Alshon Mm -hmm. Jeffrey played for John Fox. Totally different situation. Change of scenery helps a lot of people. I'd say it helped Alshon.
1: I see. I hear you. All right, real quick before I let you go. No, know it's a couple of days before the game, but I want to get your prediction for Sunday.
3: Oh, okay. Eagles fans might not like me for this one. Oh, no, oh. I am on the record for telling you you should have cherished the season last year. That, season, you, did. that you did. That you did. I, I will you vouch for you. I co signed for you. I knew you had something special, and I was going to be mad at Eagles fans if they did not celebrate and appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think I think the Bears are riding such a wave right now and they're a little more healthy for this game than they were their last few. I think this is going to be a 24-17 Bears type of game. They've got the home field advantage. You guys are going to have to deal with the unbearable air raid siren that they play at Soldier Field. It's it's bothering as a fan. I don't know Mm. how it is for a player, (laughs) but that's something that they've introduced. The Vikings have one that's kind of like it. Mm -hmm. So... So, I I still just think the Bears' defense is so good and they're playing with such momentum right now. I mean, they're 12 and 4 on the season. I know the Eagles have been streaking, and that's amazing, but I still like the Bears in this game, mostly because of the home field and the health.
1: I understand. I understand. Well, there you have it. This is Layla Rahimi's last time ever coming on the Best in the World Sports Report. She is now on the Band for for Life list. Everything I said at the beginning of this segment about how great of a person she is and how much we like her, um, I take all that back. Um, Yeah, uh, let's see. uh, um, Yeah, we might as well just cut this off right now. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Layla, thank you.
3: Uh, Hey. People are welcome to call me out if they lose. No, no, lose no, that. no. That's for sure. That will
1: not happen. I co I have your back. You know. So if anybody <laughs> wants to give you some smoke for your prediction, I got your back. Maybe hey, not, man.
3: It's not. Like I predicted like forty-eight to seven. That is sometimes. true.
1: That, that is true. That is true. You you were honest. You just I asked you for honesty. You gave it to me. I, I can't be mad. Listen,
3: if this were last year. I, I thought the Eagles had something special, mm-hmm. and they did. So, also, I don't. I respect the nickname people have for Nick Foles, but I ain't saying it myself. No,
1: I, I'm, I completely, completely understand. This is still a fam- <laughs> this is a family show, all right. I don't know what yeah, family actually and- listens to this show, but it's still a family show. You can't call them that here.
3: No, no, agreed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's
3: gonna be fun, that's for sure.
1: All right, Layla, thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Layla Rahimi from NBC Sports Chicago. When I come back, Mike Jones comes back, and we will talk more sports on the Best in the World Sports Report. Just a reminder, tell me what you thought of this uh, segment. Tell me what you think, all right? Hit me up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at bitw sports. We'll be right back on Best in the World Sports Report. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday. 8 m. on the at
2: When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
1: From Best in the World Sports and No Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. Sixers are back in action on Saturday. They are back home after a successful road trip. Went through five-game road trip. They went three and two. Lost to Boston, lost to Portland. But they did get the W in Phoenix. They got the W against the Clippers. And they got a W against the Jazz. You said you're a Sixers
0: fan. Yeah. Of course, yes. of course I know you're a Sixers I was say, fan. I was
1: about to say, you put it out there like, 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 like you challenging me. Like, not at like, all. I got to prove I'm a Sixers fan? But not at all.
0: <laughs> but as a Sixers fan, yes. now I want, I want you to be a fan for me. Okay. I, I, I want you to really be a fan for me. for me. That's easy for me. That's easy. As a Sixers fan, yes. I think if you're being an honest fan, mm-hmm. you'd say this team probably still needs one more piece. Yes. Who would you want that piece to
1: be? Anthony Davis, not no, possible. No, no, I, I know, I know. Honestly, I'm I'm not quite sure because right, I, I, what type of piece do you think this team needs? Another this, guard, a power forward, a wing scorer. I think this I think uh, this team needs a power forward, and I also think this team needs depth off their bench. I think those are the two glaring issues as far as the Sixers go. I'm not quite sure if there is a move. Another, I guess you know, top-tier move. They made their move to get Jimmy Butler. That's been a good move. It's worked out for them so far. I'm not quite sure if this team has the pieces to trade to make another, you know, top-tier move. I feel like at this point, they might have to wait for the buyout period, see who gets bought out, see who's out there on free agency to try and, add, you know, add some depth. But I'm not quite sure if that move is there for the Sixers. Okay.
0: And I can see that now. I tossed out an idea to you a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. about a player who's available. I thought the Sixers should at least kick the tires on. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm talking about Carmelo Anthony, who anybody who's mm -hmm. ever listened to me knows I'm not a big Carmelo Anthony fan.
1: By not a big Carmelo Anthony fan, you mean you absolutely detest his game. I mean, I'm against everything he stands for as a basketball player. Yes, yes. Everything, oh, all that. Mm-hmm. That Made being that said, perfectly
0: clear. Based on skill set and need of the team, mm-hmm. I think it's at least worth kicking around the t- kick because you could sign them for the minimum. Yes, and you have an open roster spot.
1: Yes, it,
0: it might jeopardize team chemistry, mm-hmm. but you sign them for the minimum. You can get rid of them in two weeks if it's not working. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul.
1: So let me ask, let me ask you this because you, this show is we do come from the Philadelphia area. Yeah. So you know we we all hear the stories we all hear the news media where you know we we're friends with people on the beat all 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 of those things. There have been stories floated out there that team chemistry is kind of shaky. As is. You know, so. Give, Specifically between the two young stars, mm-hmm. and I guess there's been a lot, a lot of a, a lot of debate about that. Like, how much should we put into that? You know, is this much ado about nothing? Is this a, is this really a story? Is this much ado about nothing? Is this this two young guys who might not be the best of friends, but can get along? But given that. Given whatever state this locker room is in, Mm -hmm. would you bring a Carmelo Anthony into a situation like that? I'm going to answer that question in two parts. Part one
0: the supposed beef, drama, whatever it is between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I don't think that is so much personal beef as it is about contrasting styles. Now, it's funny. I was actually, NBA Twitter is an amazing thing. It lets you see a lot, it lets you inside a lot into players, but it also lets you know a lot about how fans think. Yeah. And I love the fans. I am a fan. Mm-hmm. We need the fans. The fans are our listeners. Yes. That being said, Fans know nothing about basketball. (laughs) Like nothing. Mm -hmm. They're convinced stats and guys who dunk are the best players. That's foolish. But I remember seeing this week on NBA Twitter, specifically Sixers Twitter, there were a lot of fans mocking the idea of Ben Simmons shooting more jump shots Mm -hmm. because he missed them. And they were like, ah, now he's he's taking the worst shot in basketball. It's nice to see that happening. Of course, him missing shots is going to give us more spacing. That concept makes it clear to me that you don't understand how basketball works. It's not one-on-one. We're not in the park playing 21. Mm -hmm. We're not even playing three-on-three. There are five, usually very large men, on a court for each team at a time. For any of them to work effectively, they have to have space. If I don't have space, there are going to be two or three defenders on me. Mm -hmm. Now, with Ben Simmons not being able to space and stretch the floor with a jump shot does a couple things. One, defenders, they don't have to guard his jump shot, so now they're sagging back into his driving lanes mm-hmm. and his passing lanes. Mm-hmm. So making the defense much easier to play against a team like that. Remember that NBA finals I these specific years eluded me, but it, it was when LeBron was facing Dallas the first year in Miami. Okay. Do you remember how Dallas defended them? Yeah. Or LeBron when I believe it was San Antonio that swept him that year in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how San Antonio defended him? Sagged off him, forced him to be a jump shot, jump shooter, built a wall towards the rim so he couldn't drive and they're long athletic guys sitting in his passing lanes. He essentially becomes a non-factor offensively when you do that. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is the same thing. Additionally, Have you ever paid attention to what happens to any big man who played with LeBron? LeBron was not a pure shooter. Mm -hmm. LeBron was most effective playing in the paint, same as Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. So if you have a big man who is used to playing in the paint and LeBron who needs driving lanes and space in the paint to maximize his game, who do you think is going to have to get out the paint? Big man. Your center, your big. So, what happened to Chris Bosh when he played with LeBron?
1: Came a jump shooter.
0: What happened to Kevin Love when he played with LeBron? Came a jump shooter. What's the problem with what's going on in LA right now? They don't have no jump shooters. Kuzma can make a little bit, and you see Kuzma shine. Mm-hmm. But they don't have enough jump shooters to put around LeBron. Mm-hmm. And then you got Rondo and Ball, also. Ball handlers who need shooters around them because mm-hmm. of their limited shooting ability. Mm-hmm. Y- you're going to see the same thing. So, back to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Embiid is saying he wants to be in the post. He doesn't want to be a three point shooter. And Embiid and Ben Simmons is not a sh- willing a willing shooter at all. You have to find a way to balance both of them getting time and opportunities mm-hmm. when both of them operate best in the same space. And mm-hmm. that is more of what we're seeing than a personal beef, like they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. This is a clash of styles, which can be corrected as players' games develop. As MB gets a little... Better conditioned, a little smarter about his game. Mm-hmm. He'll understand to run the floor harder from the beginning and crash to the rim. Get to the get into the paint early and you can work from the inside out. Likewise, as Ben Simmons matures, he'll realize he needs that at least even if he's not shooting four or five threes a game, he needs to make the defense respect it enough where they have to come up and guard him. Mm-hmm. And he's a, that will make him a more effective playmaker for his team. Mm-hmm. So it is a basketball issue more than a personality issue as far as I see it. Now, the second part to the question, would I be willing to throw in Carmelo Anthony into that? And assuming, and this is a big assumption, mm-hmm. that Carmelo Anthony would be willing to come in and accept his role and he would still have opportunity to be a starter. So I do think he'd be more willing to accept a diminished role as long as he gets to start and get his minutes on the court. Mm-hmm. What, his skill set would actually allow for additional spacing for both Embiid and Ben Simmons because Carmelo Anthony is a guy who can score the ball from more than 10 feet away from the room, mm. providing consistent space, he's a guy that defense can't leave. So from that standpoint, I think, assuming, of course, that Carmelo would accept his role Mm -hmm. as third, possibly fourth option offensively,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that it could be actually a way to help alleviate some of the tension with what's going on with Embiid and Simmons games. So – I know that was a long answer. No, 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 it was good. I'm, 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 I'm taking advantage in. of the time we had. I have understand. I'm, I'm
1: listening. I'm sitting here taking it all in. So my question to you is: Given what you just said, mm-hmm. the, you know that this is a clash. This is a clash of styles, not necessarily personalities. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Brett Brown is the coach that can fix that? Is Brett Brown the guy who can get them through this?
0: All right. Well, see, again, it's it's a clash of styles, mm-hmm. but it's not a matter of Xs and Os as much as it is about a need to develop skill set. And the one thing Brett Brown can rest his hat on proudly is his track record in player development. So that is the one reason why if for nothing else I firmly believe Brett Brown is the right coach for this team right now. 2 years from now when the team is ready to take that next step, we'll have to reevaluate that. Okay, But the Sixers, or young teams in general, don't win NBA championships. Mm. This is not the team, especially prior to the addition of Jimmy Butler, but even now with Jimmy Butler in the fold, mm. that I think is necessarily ready to compete for a title this year. Okay, They're at least one, maybe two years away. Okay. So let me ask you
1: this, because... Because we're, we're talking about I – mean, let's keep it here in the East for, okay. for right now. All right. Sixers aren't ready yet. Sixers aren't ready yet. Who is ready? In it, the East? In the East. is Bo- Well, you know what? Toronto looks for, ready. Toronto looks ready. Boston, yes or no?
0: As currently constructed? Yes. No. No? Okay. Uh, now, Boston is a team I think could get better mm-hmm. by subtraction.
1: I understand. I understand. But their okay. offense
0: just doesn't have the flow in it. Milwaukee, are they ready?
1: And does Milwaukee, That's are they ready? That's a tough question.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the toughest. That is the real question mark in the East right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Giannis, every year, every day, looks a little better and a little better and a little better. Mm-hmm. His jump shot is still limited. But he's, and, but he's trying. But he's trying.
1: You know, it's like, because I hear people... It's improving. Want, yeah, I hear people always wanting to make that comparison between Giannis and Ben Simmons. Giannis has and, been in the league for more years than Ben okay, Simmons. Of course, of course. But just like you said, you know, NBA Twitter is full of know-it-alls who don't know it all. You know? <laughs> so... Of course that's that is the comparison because you have a big you have a when you have a point guard in a power forward's body mm-hmm. you know, everyone's gonna make those two comparisons. So And in a lot of ways it's a fair comparison. Yeah. But but it's a but Giannis isn't further along in his development. Yes. So does that give you hope for Ben Simmons? Absolutely. Okay. I've never
0: said that I don't think Simmons and Embiid can work together. Mm-hmm. I simply believe that it's gonna take time. It's gonna take time. Okay perfect example. Okay. First year Penny and Shaq were together. Mm-hmm. They actually made it all the way to the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you remember Penny at that point, while he was willing to take the shot, no one would ever confuse him for a knockdown shooter.
1: No, no, no not at all.
0: No one would have confused him for that.
1: There were and, and it, well, what and, was funny was he, he was like the, people still weren't convinced that he was a point guard yet. Exactly. You know, he could pass the ball, he could facilitate Sound like you know, anybody else we hear about these days? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And the number two thing, Shaq. We all know he couldn't shoot more than f- mm-hmm. if he, Shaq was more than six, seven feet away from the rim, mm-hmm. wasn't much of a threat to score at all.
1: It's funny, and when I think when I think about Shaq and the player he fi- he finished his career with the sh- the player he became, the dominant center he became. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me because when he came into the league, I would have argued anybody in basketball that I thought Alonzo Mourning was a better center than than Shaquille O'Neal coming out of college. Coming
0: out of college, Alonzo Mourning had a more developed skill set. Yes, yes. Shaquille O'Neal, however, had the physical ability mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. unrivaled by anyone
1: in years. The thing that made Shaq eventually – the thing that made Shaq better than Alonzo Mourning and then later on – Totally surpassed Alon- uh, uh, Alonzo Mourning was the fact that Shaq was so physically gifted. Exactly. Like he could ride the coattails of his physicality mm-hmm. to greatness. Like you know yeah. where Alonzo um, had to work. Yeah, Alonzo he was, had I to mean, work. Don't get me wrong. Alonzo
0: six ten, six eleven. No great shape. No good I, athlete.
1: I, I, I preface this by saying,
0: but Shaq was. I, Shaq
1: I, was shot. Yeah, I, I preface this by all by saying one. Alonzo Mourning is probably one of my favorite. Players of all time, like oh, he, and, like and that's, you'll never I'm hear me knock you yeah, for that. When yeah. I uh, was, Zoe was one of the best. Zoe was my dude. Zoe, Zoe, Zoe was my guy. Like on my my on my, my fan Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of all time favorite players. Alonzo Mourning is right up there. So I, I loved him in college. Loved him with the, with the Hornets. You know, kind of mm-hmm. going to the he kind of hurt me a little bit, but I ended up loving him. Uh-huh. But but, none, but nonetheless, I thought like. When you're having, when we're having those conversations, when you're having those barbershop conversations, I was in high school, so you had school bus conversations couldn't tell me that Alonzo Morning wasn't better than Shaq. Now, now I know, hear
0: you know, mm. but back to my point where hey. I, where I got to Shaq.
2: Yeah.
1: What I was saying
0: was, you could have easily had the same spacing issues with Penny and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Yes. What the reason why it did work is what the, the other players they surrounded them with. Dennis Scott, Dennis Dennis Scott, Nick, Scott Anderson. Nick Anderson. Mm-hmm. And guys, even
1: Scott Skiles could hit a shot from time to time. Mm-hmm. Scott right? Skiles could shoot. Mm-hmm.
0: Brian Shaw was on that team. Yes. You had guys like that, mm-hmm. that that would create the space for mm-hmm. you, Yes, which is what you, if you that's the type of team you're going to build with a Ben Simmons at point guard and mm-hmm. a Joel Embiid at center, mm-hmm. your two through four need to be guys that, defend and make shots
1: mm-hmm. and that's why that's what makes it interesting for me to see what will happen with Furkan Korkmaz or Landry Shamit. Mm-hmm. can they develop into the shooters that they need to help bring that space
0: uh, like for example look at the Sixers last year mm-hmm. going into the playoffs they were one of the hottest team in the league 17 game winning streak mm-hmm. NBA record for mm-hmm. for win streak going into the playoffs that started happening. The team started to take off mm-hmm. when at when buyout season started, and they brought in two shooters that created yep. extra spacing. Mm-hmm. Now the problem mm-hmm. where that that team was limited was those shooters, Bellinelli and Ilya Silva. They couldn't, couldn't play, defend anybody. Yeah, they
1: couldn't play defense.
0: Which is why I said you need guys who could play D and space the floor. Mm-hmm. But is that Carmelo? It's not Carmelo. He mm-hmm. well, he's I one of them. He can space the floor, playing D, mm. not so much, <laughs> but on on in his fe- benefit to his benefit, he would have Joel, out- Embiid and Bead behind him, mm. which makes everybody be- better defensively. Yes, when you have a, a shot blocker, big man that could control the paint like that, mm-hmm. everyone automatically on the team becomes better okay. defensively.
1: Yes. yes, agreed. Agreed.
0: Because I'm far less concerned with getting beat to the rim. And guys are far less interested in trying to beat me to the rim mm-hmm. because I have that 7'2", 300-pound shot blocker behind me. No, so now I can press up on your jump shot. Mm-hmm. I can crowd your space. And that makes me a better defensive player. I'm not saying he'll be all-NBA, deep, all-defense, all-NBA or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I think he could be competent.
1: Okay. So you tell me what you think of this conversation. What do you think the Sixers need? Who do you think the Sixers will go get? Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap things up on this edition of the Best in the World Sports Report.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every
1: Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.
2: It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Just treat me better. After
3: all, we're in this together.
2: To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash bloodpressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council.
0: From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports TV.
1: All right, y'all, we're back. Getting ready to get on out of here. Had a good show. Talked a lot of sixes. Talked a lot of eagles. Thank our guest, Layla Rahimi from NBC Sports Chicago. Always good to have her on the show. She's a, she's also a good follow. If you, uh, follow her on Facebook. Or excuse me, follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Good follow. Follow her. All right? She's good people. Before we get out of here, let's, let's talk this game we'll get our last thoughts. I got to bring in my man Mike Jones. So we got a game Sunday. We do have a game on Sunday. Eagles
0: Bears at 4:20 4:25. 4:25.
1: The last game exactly. of the weekend. So you just so it it, it is all going to get set up for you. You're going to watch the Cowboys lose on Saturday. You're going to watch Philip Rivers choke it up and uh and lose in the playoffs again
0: should have a good one between Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson, Colts and Texans. Yes, that's
1: going to be a good game and it all comes to a head Sunday night. I got to tell you something man. I got I don't like how you said that. You made me nervous. Bro, I what I, don't happened? Mean, I don't do this very often on this show, but you know, Your sometimes No, no, well years ago, but you know. Okay, so it's not the dog. It's not the dog. I just think this is going to be a dog of a game
0: don't say it I got to 1913
1: Bears 1913 Bears 1913 Bears a lot of field goals a lot of field goals a lot of kicking not a lot of offense just not sure that Carson can get it done Against this Bears defense, Carson. Excuse me. I know Carson ain't gonna get it done against this Bears defense. <laughs> He's not even dressed. He's not even gonna dress. Yeah, yeah. Carson's gonna come up short on Sunday. <laughs> He's gonna come up real short. I just don't. I, I, I think they're. I think Khalil Mack and his defense, this front seven for, uh, for Chicago, they are gonna get to him, and they gonna hurt him. Okay. I and I will revel in the opportunity to come back next week and you guys tell me how wrong I was. In fact, I'll make another prediction. If I'm wrong, I absolutely am not going to admit it on next week's show. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I knew the Eagles could pull it out all along. I'm letting you know right now, that's going to be my angle. I'm going to say I predicted them,
0: you you realize the point of what we're doing right now is that all of this is recorded, right? Do I care? <laughs> Darn it! I said they
1: were going to win. That's going to be my. That's going to be my. <laughs> Just I, don't check the tape. It, it's like, look, man. Nobody listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah, after, yeah, after after this after the game after Sunday. After, gay, after Sunday, I, I, I very well might so re record my segment. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen thirteen bears, but I will completely deny it and say I knew all along. If that's not the case, all right. Well, my take on this game:
0: the Eagles' defense suffered a lot of injuries this year, yes. especially to the secondary. Yes, but the defense has been playing; they've been playing much better. improved the last three, four weeks yes. of the year.
1: That secondary is starting to come that together. That being
0: said, Bears defense is better. Mm-hmm. The Bears defense is definitely better. The one thing I will say about the Eagles, and as much maligned as Jim Schwartz has been in this city, mm-hmm. over the, he is still, I was saying this to you earlier, The best defensive coordinator the Eagles have had since Jim Jim Johnson. Johnson.
1: Okay. Now, that that, that goes about as far as saying Donovan McNabb is the greatest quarterback. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That is very true. Because I just say Jim Swartz is better than Sean McDermott and Juan Castillo and Todd Bowles. Oh, I know what I said. But it
0: sounds better when (laughs) I say he's the greatest. Just like it sounds
1: better to say Donovan McNabb is the greatest Eagle quarterback of all time. Exactly. But, but, But I got you. So,
0: with that being said, I look at it like this. The Bears have a quarterback who will be playing his first NFL playoff game of his career. The Eagles have an offense full of guys that have won Super Bowls, including the quarterback. I see the, the Eagles offense being able to score more points against the Bears defense then I would expect the Bears offense to be able to score against the Eagles defense. And with that being the case, I have my final score Bears 16, Eagles 27.
1: There you go. All right. Oh, that makes me feel good. One of us is going to be wrong, and one of us is going to be right next week. And my God, I hope it's you. I hope, I, so too. I, I hope you're right. If not, we'll be talking a lot of basketball next week. <laughs> We'll be talking a whole lot of basketball. So if we lead lead next week's show with Sixers, you know how this game turned out. (laughs) Hey, you guys, I want to thank you for checking out the Best in the World Sports Report. Remember, you can download this podcast, soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports, or on iTunes, just search Best in the World Sports Report. Remember, you can hear this show in its entirety every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. on phillygoflow.com, right after the Saturday reggae sunrise, right before early morning 80s. So you get your dreadlock music, and you got your jerry curl music, and in between, you get John Brown and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want you. Now I'm hot. They all on me. All of them. Every last one of them. You, 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 and you. You're all on Mike Jones. I know it. I can tell. Yo, have a great weekend. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about another Eagles playoff game. Hopefully
0: we'll be talking about the Saints next week. Hopefully
1: we'll be talking Eagles-Saints next week. Hopefully. 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 Let's get out of here. Best in the world. Peace, y'all. You're listening to the best in the world sports report.
0: Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at
2: PhillyGoFlow.com.